one home, one house. The motherland versus the west. Home versus being alone. Your culture versus mine. And how that intertwines. Well, let me explain you hers. She has a pretty face, big lips, almond-shaped eyes, with tight, knotless braids down to her knees, and some beautiful golden beads to complement her brown tone. Back home where she eats jello fries, with a bit of puff puff on the side, then switches it to plantain chips for snacks, and then some fried rice for tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. You see, it's the same food, but a different taste every single time, with a new feeling running through her spine when she finally has the very first bite. However, outside, where the weights gets heavier, she tends to remove her jewellery and her scarf. You know those questions? You know what they say. <sighs> is it real your hair? When are you going to take that thing off your head? Your hair is unnatural. My hair isn't as tangled or nipped as yours. <sighs> now we know these are genuine questions, but they can come across as degrading as soon as there's words pull out the tongue. It's a powerful muscle and should be used thoughtfully. Anyways, she eat beans and toast for breakfast and mashed potatoes for lunch like everyone else does at school. It's bland but it's satisfying for the day. She'll learn all of Henry's dead wives and how they die, blah, 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 all praise Britannia. She wonders, when will history stop being from one perspective but the thousands of others? Or when will her peers understand that every motherland has a history? Every motherland has a story which involves many and explains everything about a collection of all types of people. You see, the depth of culture to he, to her, to she, to him, to they, to them, isn't just what we wear or our particular hairstyles and features, but the language, the designs, the patterns, the lingo, the food, the music that joins people together. When you hear that one person down the street say that one phrase, and then you immediately know they're your people. Try! You could be in a room with hundreds of people, but seeing that one person again wearing a dashiki explains it all. You see, there's so much, much much small things that bring a culture together, such as a name. It's just something you used to identify someone with, right? Like hers, she is known as Ija to the West. But at home, Ija's name carries so much significance at the motherland that her parents blessed her with four to show their love for God and their gratefulness of their first daughter to the family. Her full name to the West is Ija, Awele, Adobe, but her real name is I came with good luck through an amazing journey and the blessed arrival 
of a beautiful baby girl. Welcome to Past the Orcs podcast. That beautiful spoken word that you just heard was by our very own Awele, titled The New Motherland Spun with the West, based on this episode's theme of culture. Now, the girls and I are going to be discussing some topics we find important. But first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Anuya and I'm Indian. Hi, I'm Keisha and I'm Ghanaian and I was born in the UK. I'm Alexia and I'm Jamaican. I'm Salem and I'm Eritrean. I'm Oile and I'm Nigerian. Great, so let's get right into it. Starting with the topic of cultural appropriation, a widely spoken about subject, especially since the Black Lives Matter movement in June, which highlighted how countries like America love to take from African-American culture in terms of style and music, but do not value their African-American citizens. What comes to mind when I say cultural appropriation? So what is cultural appropriation? So cultural appropriation is essentially a lack of appreciation for another person's culture and therefore is a lack of respect for that culture. So this is an issue because cultural appropriation is basically saying that you don't want the people of that culture, you just want the culture itself. Cultural appropriation to me is when another culture takes advantage of another person's culture and uses it or takes it or tries to redecorate it as their own and make it seem like they started it or they created it and it doesn't know the they don't know the value or the presence or they don't understand the meaning of what that culture means to the people. So when they do it it's very disrespectful and it comes off as like degrading or just it's just no credit as well and it's just it's just not seen as right. Yeah. Um culture yeah yeah I totally agree with that um it's really like concerning that it's like it's not really seen within this world as much people you hear people say but do you actually know what it is do you actually realize that this person this celebrity um like what's her name the kardashians in my head they're all the same yes they're different people and everything but like they're all the same and they all do similar things like cultural appropriation like braids when um kim kardashian was wearing braids away from she didn't um say oh this is from um this was originally from the african cultures when they used to be back in slavery and they used to do it as um maps so then they know what to do how to reach places to go underground and stuff she didn't mention nothing like that she just wore it and like it's a style and it's a new trend when it's not a trend it has so much meaning and it needs to be appreciated more and people need to know what cultural appropriation is and what cultural appreciation is two different things and means and shows two different um views of the world so yeah like the most important differentiation between like appreciating something and appropriating something is like taking the time first of all taking the time before you do it thinking about is this like what effect this is going to have and also thinking about whether you're educated enough do you know the background do you know the cultural significance of what you're wearing or the hairstyle that you're doing before you do it yeah definitely because there's so much meaning behind all these things so if there's no respect given to it or a lack of respect then that draws a lot it kind of goes over and it becomes appropriation rather than appreciation (laughs) 
yeah exactly because that because then it presents it as like a trend or like also like kind of like a cost like oh that person is just putting it on for a bit of fun you know on that day they just want to try something out but it's like my culture is not something you can just test the waters with and try out for fun you can't just like say you want to dress up as a culture one day as a halloween costume because essentially the culture is not a costume it's not something that you can just put on one day and then take off the next day this is people's lives this is people's communities like it's embedded within a lot of things that they do and i think people forget that a lot of cultures have been modernized to fit the westernized ideals rather than what the culture actually is so many bits of what is left of a culture is just a small minority compared to what it originally was. And I feel like a lot of the time celebrities use it as like more for marketing um, purposes. It's not really appreciating the culture. People don't even understand the culture. They might have not been to that country. Like like you said, it was just trendy and I think it's fun to wear or it's nice, but that's not how our culture works. Like there's just a lot of meaning and purpose behind it. And to actually appreciate a culture, you have to know the culture, understand the culture and why and how it is. You can't just wear it for the sake of it because you look pretty or you feel nice with it. And people think it's not that much of a big deal, but it is. Like, it's the small things that start big fires. So if you can't appreciate the culture and you can't, then you can't appreciate the people. Yeah, so true. But what, like, Anu was saying before about is, like, the hair and everything and how they want to just try it out and everything, just do it for that one time or whatever, and it'd be, like, nothing. But it's mainly the thing about the hair and everything. What you wear really um, frustrates me, but hair as well, like, you get away with wearing this hair. If I was to wear it now, it's another story. It's, it's another thing, especially in schools. Yeah, definitely. And I think you guys are saying a good point because it can be a trend at one minute, but then when you were wearing it, all of a sudden it was something that you should be ashamed of and, like, something that was looked down on and everything. Exactly. And I feel like that just shows, like, the struggle that a lot of young women and men of colour especially in places like the UK, go through because you can't fully embrace your culture mm. when you're surrounded by society and organisations in society like school, for example, that aren't embracing it either. Can you guys think of like, any examples of how you've struggled with your cultural identity being in the UK and how you've overcome that? Um, well, for me, for once, it's like, I think my one mainly stems off school because I'm still in school and I haven't really hit the working world as yet or the real world as yet. So I guess I was mostly influenced by school and whatever school teach you and whatever school tell you, you can't do this, you can do this, agree to disagree. That's what you um, adapt and that's what you learn. So when you have your own culture and the school's like, give it to me and I'm going to dash it in the bin, you allow it to happen because you don't know any other way to like embrace your culture or to experience it and school don't teach you about your culture so I like my culture identity because I wasn't surrounded by people who um was like me when I'm back in primary school until I went to secondary school and then I found a wide range of diversity of friends from different kind of places teaching me different kind of things like who knew there was two Congos I only found out about that in secondary school there was two different Congos and everything and like same, yeah same. 
I actually had like the opposite experience as in like you said it was in secondary school you found more people like a more diverse friendship group and everything but for me because I lived in London before when I was in primary school I was in West London like Labrick Grove it was very very diverse in my school the minority so the minority ethnic group was actually the majority essentially so yeah there was so many of us and then I moved outside of London and you know outside of London it gets less and less diverse the further you get out and my secondary school was the complete opposite of my primary school secondary school was just a bit a big cultural shock I guess because it was so much like it's one of those things where in class you're the only black person in everywhere you go you're the only black person and then it brings up loads of like questions and stuff so kind of like what Alwele was saying in her spoken word about oh my gosh is your hair real or like even we all know like can I touch your hair like yeah I had a similar experience like I went from a more diverse primary to a predominantly white secondary school it was still in London but it was just because it's like the outskirts and I think like the biggest issue like we talked about this before is that balancing between when you're at school and kind of putting on this different identity this more like British like to fit in sort of identity but and then changing it when you get home and we said it's just very it's very exhausting and like emotionally draining to have to keep changing things about yourself a hundred percent yeah I think with me mine's like different from yours I guess I went to more predominantly white primary school but there were some black people but I I guess when you're young you don't really feel it too tough because you're just a child but then when I went to secondary mine was very diverse and like I think I was lucky for that because I was able to relate to people a lot and I got to know like a lot of different other countries like Ethiopians and Eritreans have very similar culture but they hate to be compared and so and then I had like my Ghanaian friends and I just it was good like I always was around people with many cultures and I really like that because I feel like if someone really did try it or like do something silly or try make us like you know them little narcissists like just bad comments or say like everyone was quick to come back because I just had that community around me and like them jokes I could make about my culture or someone else's culture because it's like all intertwines and we'll all laugh and it'll be good so I guess I was lucky with that and again like the change can be a lot but when you find your people when you find a community at late I think it's a beautiful thing exactly I think support system like that is the biggest Mm -hmm. thing to find people and they don't have to be exactly like you like they don't have to come from the same country as you but just similar like like you said like find your people find your tribe and then that will definitely support you give you a better sense of cultural identity because when you're around people that embrace their culture themselves it clear it definitely rubs off on you and then you realize like I need to start doing that like look how happy they are I find I I love embracing other people's cultures and embracing my culture because my friend like brief yeah it's all from different places even though most of them are from Africa because me and my other friend are both from Jamaica and then the rest of them are like from Africa but it's like they're all from different parts of Africa and they all have different stories and different experiences there and everything so when they when like i i see on tv they represent africa as this and that or whatever i go to my friends and they be like that's the wrong representation it's not like this if you actually go there it's a whole new story and you will love it and everything and you feel like calm and free and everything it's like it's just a vibe and that vibe is something that you want to be a part of so that's why it's really important that you find other communities other heritage of other ethnic um people around you so you can embrace them and feel like 
a, a vibe, a bit of culture and everything. So, yeah. Um, I feel like when you compare your other cultures, you realise, like, your cultures are actually quite similar and they intertwine in, in some sort of way, whether it be, like, the type of yeah. food you eat and how you eat it or even how you pronounce certain foods and certain names or, like, it's just, I think it's amazing. I completely agree with Alexia. I think I love learning about other people's culture, like, just broadening when it comes to anything, like, sexuality, race, ethnicity, religious beliefs, the only way you can better yourself is by learning about everyone else's experiences. That's the only way we can get better. So it's just really important to take in, to embrace your own culture, but also take in as much as you can from the people around you. And and on the point of embracing culture too, I think it's something that's so important because when we come to the, but when you come to the West, it's like there's such a big pressure to assimilate into the society and the main culture of the society. And they try to take away your cultural identity from you, which is something that can have such a detrimental effect. I think, Alexia, you were saying that this kind of happened when you came, right? Could you elaborate on uh, that? Yeah, when I came. Yeah, because I wasn't originally born in um, Britain. I was born in Jamaica and I lived there with my family back in Jamaica. And then I came to Britain and I did not like it. <laughs> I love Britain now, but I'm just being real. At first, when I first, first came, I thought I was on a holiday. Like, I'd be here for a couple of months and then I'm going back to Jamaica, going back to my city, city country <laughs> and everything. And I came and I went to school. I didn't like school. I had to move to, I think, three to four primary schools because... I didn't fit in. The teachers was more mm. dominantly white, so they didn't really understand me and they didn't want to know more about my culture. So if, every time I spoke, every time I tried to do something, they wanted to rip that part of my identity from me and they wanted to let, they want me to embrace the the European culture instead of my own Caribbean culture. And that really frustrated me. And I think that's why I didn't really get along with the teachers. And I think the third or second school I went to, there was this one black teacher and me and her, not teacher, TA, me and her got um together so like brilliantly. She was the only person I, could, I thought I could talk to and fully like be myself around and everything until um I went to like my final school, my fin- final primary school, I got taught to shut up. That's what British um, schools teach you, to just shut up and be quiet and not say wow. nothing and let the oppressors c- continue to oppress you, continue to steal your culture and continue for you not to say nothing and not to fight for who you are. Until a couple of years ago, I think two years ago, I learned that I love my culture, I love who I am, and I love to speak however way I want to speak. I don't need to speak no British way or whatever. I can speak Patrick if I want to, yeah. and that's fine. So that's what I need to do. And I'm not going to let these oppressors walk over me ever again or steal my cultural identity. And I expect everyone who's listening now to do the same. Don't let these oppressors steal your culture away from you. Okay, and one final like piece of advice, because when you come, kind of what we're hearing, like the story that Alexia said is so heartbreaking, especially the fact that that happens to a child so young and that's happening all across the country now in so many different places. So just try not to like adopt a dual identity as you may feel like the pressure to. You don't need to try and change yourself to be one way at school, for example, and one way at home, but just be your true, genuine self. Like, you should never change for anyone, but you should be who you are because it's so hard. Even I feel like I've kind of had to adopt a third identity as well. So like the one out in this country, the one from the country I'm from and like me just like 
the person in the middle who has a mix of both and it's so hard to maintain it all it's like you're walking on a tightrope honestly it's just it's very hard but just know you don't have to go through that just be who you are exactly and that's all we can ask for like be your true self so sadly i think that brings us to the end of our discussion for today it doesn't end here we're passing the orcs on to our listeners at home please share your thoughts ideas and opinions on the topics we were discussing today on our social media at past the orcs underscore lic thank you so much for listening Hello, hello. My name is Alexia, and if you made it here this far, then get ready to listen to some more. Today, we are here with the wonderful, leader, talented, Montaz. (laughs) Hello, Montaz. How are you feeling today? Hi. Yeah, I'm really good. I mean, it's Friday, so I've got that Friday feeling right now. I've been looking forward to it for weeks now. We've been looking forward to, like, interviewing you for weeks, so yeah. (laughs) Okay, so now let's get down and dirty. First question. Who are you? Oh, good question. Um, So my name is Momtaz Ajid, and I am the head of Leaders in Community, uh, which is a small youth charity based over in Tower Hamlets. And I am also the co-founder of the charity um, and we've been running for the last 12 years. Um, And my job has been to grow the charity from zero people to a a team of six full-time staff. And I've just been learning on the job myself, but also leading the way for others, which is quite interesting. Loving that. I would like to take your job for a day or maybe a year. (laughs) Okay, next question. Why did you want to build a company such as Leader in Community? The reason why we started Leader in Community is because we felt we wanted to respond to the growing need for young women, especially from the black and ethnic minority, to have a platform to express, to have a platform to uh, grow as young leaders and to have a platform where we are reflected in decision making. And I I noticed that there was a gap um, in opportunities for, for, for those young people. Um, I myself grew up in uh, a part of Poplar um, where, you know, racism was rife, you know, like you were too scared to come out your door, let alone, you know, champion change. So I felt like it was a real hindrance um, to me being a successful young woman. And And I also felt if I didn't come out of that and overcome those barriers, then there was no hope for me to be who I wanted to be and the successful person that I wanted to be. So I had to overcome those barriers um, as well as the cultural barriers that I had being a Bangladeshi Muslim, um, being a um, young lady, it you know, so like the odds were stacked against me really. And, And I felt like lots of other young women would you know, feel the same and it has a knock on effect on your self esteem and it also stops you from achieving greatness. And so that's really why I set up Leaders and Community. Wow, that's amazing. 
Wow, I think everyone should have that mentality of using what they learn and what they grow up from and then put it into what they create. So that is really amazing and powerful. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it does get me a bit emotional thinking about, you know, the reasons why. But, you know, those same reasons that I set up leading for me still exist today just for different groups of young people. So that's why it's so important that we exist is that the problems for young people aren't, hasn't gone away. I wish we didn't need to exist, but, you know, these are problems that we have in our um, society, in our community, and, um, you know, we need more charities to help address them. We can't solve everybody's issues, but we can definitely um, be supportive and understanding and open doors. I swear, the way you word things is incredible. And even, like, throughout, I was nodding, like, I was full of nodding throughout what you were saying, <laughs> so that was beautifully said. I said everyone on this to start embracing their cultural identity. Another question was, um, why is your cultural identity so important to you today? I mentioned that I'm of Bangladeshi origin. I'm also a Muslim. And so, again, these had automatically disqualified me for a lot of opportunities. Um, and I just wanted to... Um, you know, I was I wanted to feel like I wasn't ashamed of who I was, yet, you know, society made me feel like I, I should be ashamed. And so in some ways it was that resistance to society. Um, um and you know, normally, you know, most people look down on my culture, um, or society can often look down on my culture and and I wanted to show the positivity of, of what my culture can bring and, and share that um, in a platform so people are accepting of others. And that diversity is a wonderful thing. It, you know, it has so many scopes for opportunity, creativity, um, and those are all the things that we should be cherishing, um, not, not people for having a culture. Wow, that was powerful, Anna. Um, I totally agree with what you just said. Okay, last question. What advice would you give someone who is struggling or do not know how to find their cultural identity? It's, it's okay. It's okay to question your your culture. Um, it's okay to, um, you know, talk about it openly with friends, family, have healthy debates. Um, it, it's, it's absolutely fine. Um, what you don't want to do is reject your culture. Um, what you want to do is say, well, this is where I've come from. And, you know, this makes me who I am. It might not be me anymore, or I'm, I might have grown into something else, or my culture may have adapted in this way. But certainly, that's where I've come from. And it's it's a part of me. So yeah, I think being, you know, don't be ashamed to question your culture. I question my culture all the time. Uh, I always go, well, why do we do this? And where does it come from? And who am I, you know, and where do I come from? So these are all legitimate questions. And these are all legitimate queries that we should have. It's all about embracing it and talk, having open honest conversations with each other about it rather than denouncing it or looking down on people or rejecting people who are passionate about culture or rejecting people who are not passionate about culture culture is a beautiful thing and you know we when we all have different cultures 
we don't all come you know there's as a muslim I, i'm bangladeshi muslim but there are muslims from all different cultures and you know we we just got to be accepting of everybody's differences but that's what makes us unique um and you know so but if if you have difficulty in it and you want to question your culture then it's absolutely fine to do so 100% and that would be my advice is have those healthy open discussions with people about it I totally agree I'm sure many other people listening would 100% agree as well well thank you so much for being here Montez and for all the amazing words you just shared with me and also everyone who's listening today yeah well you know I am considerably older but and I've had experiences and I've seen things so you've got lots to see yet in the world but I hope my words have been inspiring to you and your your peers but also anybody else that's listening you know I hope it is is going to do some good and and yes it's part it is my living but my living is to fight injustices and I think on a personal level I, I, I dislike little injustices even in my home <laughs> you know I don't, so I'm definitely somebody who's passionate about fighting injustice so I would like to um, end this off with the whole round of applause so <laughs> and I'm sure you inspired so many other listeners today thank you for having me I've just really enjoyed this process I've learned so much about um, this platform and and I've just loved talking to you hope you've enjoyed listening to me though <laughs> Well, I know um, Monta's words were so powerful and so meaningful and have really impacted my life. I hope it impacts everyone who's listening today. Thank you for listening to the Pass the Orcs podcast's first episode, a collaboration with London-based youth charity Leaders in Community. Special thanks to our guest Montaz and all the girls who took part, including Salem and Keisha, as well as this episode's editors, myself, Awele and Alexia. This episode used music by Yoahim Karu. Make sure to check out our scene. The link will be in the description as well as our social media at pastheorks underscore LIC. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you share it and come back next week for a brand new episode.